0: This episode of Creepy Campus contains descriptions of suicide or self harm. Listener discretion is advised.
1: That no really... that is so delayed I know on your end it's delayed but like it's it's not I promise it's not delayed when I edit
0: it's so delayed
1: we we had this same issue last time we recorded this way <laughs> Ugh. but when I record w- when I edited did it not line right up I mean I don't know I don't know how much trouble you went through to edit it no my question is did you at least listen to it?
0: Yes, I listened to it, but I don't know how long it took you to line it. You could have sat there for hours, like nope. lining up waveforms. I don't know. As
1: long as I've got that one big waveform, I can line everything about everything else like completely up down the line. Mm-hmm. I'm good at this. Sometimes, I'm
0: like so he claims. So,
1: so he claims. <laughs> uh, welcome
0: to a creepy compass.
1: Oh, God. Why, why, do I call, why do I sound like the count? I was about to say, you sound like uh, Count, Dr- not even Count Chocula or Count Dracula. No, you the just, Count. The Count Fun from Sesame Street.
0: Podcast episode. Two <laughs> podcast episode. Three podcast episode. Stop
1: this. I'm done. <laughs> what if I just did the whole. <laughs> the whole episode? As the count. Welcome to Creepy Campus. No, stop that. I can't do that.
0: That went no weird, like, Augustus Gloop direction. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we should just do one totally in uh, voices. <laughs> uh, can I do... Yuck. I was about to say, can I do Goofy?
0: <laughs> Gosh, Mickey. I don't
1: yoke. know. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Oh, ooh. stop. Not, not the so Mickey bad. Mouse. I'm so sorry. Not the Mickey Mouse. It's weird.
0: I'm so sorry, everybody.
1: Yeah, I. I you should be sorry. <laughs> oh, I
0: regret my decisions.
1: I also regret your decisions.
0: Forgive me, listeners, for I have sinned. <laughs>
1: Okay, but also forgive us, listeners, that actually, like, follow religiously, because we had to take last week off. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, we did.
1: Uh, th- listen, Linda, um, I was planning to go to New York City for the weekend, and I just, and not, not a weekend, like, from Friday to Tuesday, and I just couldn't do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it was a lot. There was a lot going on. Our lives are crazy.
1: Yeah, because people should also know that this is not our full-time job i pretty sure i don't everyone's know everyone's aware i don't know i think that people pretty often think that people that podcast like this is their job
0: yeah no and it's i really <laughs>
1: it's 110 not our job we don't get I really paid to hope. do this
0: <laughs> i really 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 hope that you know i i'll take it as a compliment if someone thinks we're good enough at this to make a living off of it
1: dude i would love to get that many sponsors
0: Granted, it's also 2021 does anyone make a living anymore meh yeah okay yeah jeffrey bezos i get
1: it oh you meant like in general do they make a living yeah i thought you meant off of a podcast and i was like yeah i listen to a lot of podcasts that are full-time podcasters <laughs>
0: Yeah, but they also a lot of them have multiple podcasts.
1: Uh some of them do not. Wine a and Crime. Some of them do. Wine and Crime does not have multiple podcasts. Mm. It's just them. But they're also gigantic, so it's different. Yep. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to not burp.
0: That's not very ladylike, Jeremy.
1: Well, good thing I'm not very ladylike as a human.
0: <laughs> no one. I don't think anyone would ever accuse you of
1: being. <laughs> not one person would accuse me of being ladylike at all. <laughs> nope. Oh my gosh. It's it's that there is going to be a belch at some point during this episode. I'm so sorry.
0: No, there's not. We will pause recording.
1: <laughs> you say that like you can. We are not those it. people
0: we are not those people
1: uh okay i am not those people i was gonna say i am those people you might be those people
0: i am not those people
1: i i burp in in class all the time when i teach too
0: <laughs> okay if you burp i'm just gonna start yelling curse words so you have to edit it out
1: you know what instead i'll just put like one big big beep over the whole thing <laughs>
0: Well, still, you'll have to edit it out, and you won't be able to leave your burp
1: in. I'm going to put a burp in just to make you mad.
0: <laughs> oh, no. My audio stopped recording. Oh, no. Our, Our table, table is, is broken. broken.
1: <laughs>
0: oh. We should just make a podcast about being
1: TikTok trash. Uh, I, I am TikTok trash. I can't, I can't deny it. So it's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, do you want me to start? Is it my turn? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, we all have to forgive my insanity. <sighs> no one could see that at all,
0: <laughs> except for me. And <laughs> you are as welcome. I sit here,
1: arms crossed, annoyed with my. <laughs> what what would you describe that pose as
0: um frilly i don't even know
1: <laughs> fruity <laughs> i don't know what you would
0: um all i can think about is an episode of seinfeld okay. where george jumps over a puddle and some neighborhood kids call him a mary
1: <laughs> how dare you <laughs> they called
0: me a mary
1: um yeah no that's probably accurate though because i just kind of said oof it's my turn <laughs> anyway and pose and pose Th- this comes from watching too much drag race <laughs> you're welcome um anyway so today i'm talking about austin p state university which honestly should be a university I know more about but I don't.
0: It's like 60 miles that way
1: from where you are, right? Yeah. Um which is funny because how far is it from where I grew up?
0: Like 90 miles?
1: Maybe 90 miles, like not far at all, right? Um so that's what makes it interesting to me cuz I didn't know about it till I was in college. I didn't know it existed. It was just not something that was advertised where I lived. But Austin P. State University is a public university in Corksville, Tennessee, which, again, Clarksville, it's very, very close to where I grew up. Um, it stands on the site occupied by a succession of educational institutions, which means that there were multiple institutions that kind of sat on that ground over multiple yeah. decades.
0: Yeah, we see that a lot, though. We do, but like for some like, reason. That's honestly not that surprising anymore.
1: <laughs> it's not, but like in most cases, it's like an institution just changed its name as it grew, right? Austin P State isn't like that. It didn't like just change its name. Like there were institutions that were there and then they just closed completely. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think is interesting. Um,. But that started in 1845. That was like the, the initial launch of <laughs> the Austin P State University land area. Um, let's see. The precursor of the university was established in 1927 and named for then sitting Governor Austin P, who is further honored with Governors, uh, the name of the university's athletic teams, which I'm <laughs> sorry, the Governors
0: okay so austin p we used to go there for band competitions of
1: course because it was
0: like you're like oh it was so close
1: to where i grew up it was much closer to where i grew up well you grew up in gallatin so (laughs) okay just throw my business out there for everybody everyone knows i grew up in tompkinsville
0: yeah but who cares um Uh, rude (laughs) but so anyway we used to go there for band competitions the original governor's mascot from when like i first experienced austin p was basically mr peanut
1: No, stop that. I'm done. He looked like Mr.
0: Peanut. I swear he, they stole Mr. Peanut, but made him a person. It was like, you know how Mr. Peanut's an anthropomorphized peanut? No, this was just the anthro part of it. But now their mascot is like an angry governor.
1: Well, always. It's just like Guilford College in North Carolina that's like the fighting Quakers, which doesn't make any sense because Quakers are pacifists. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that doesn't make any
1: sense. So all of it, just when you say an angry governor, I'm just like, stop. <laughs> this is silly, right? This doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, But one thing you should know about this institution is that it actually was noted in 2012 as the fastest growing university in Tennessee. So it is a large university. It hit 11,000 students in 2019 just before the pandemic hit. So... Um, there's something to be said about all of those things about its current position in the idea of higher education, but let's look backwards a little bit further and say, let's talk about the Clarksville Masonic Lodge because that is where it originated. It originated with the Clarksville Masonic Lodge number 89. Uh, they sponsored the Montgomery County Mail Academy, which is the original version of Austin P state. Um, In 1845, the Masonic College was founded. And in 1848, the Montgomery County... Oh my gosh. Montgomery...
0: Montgomery County?
1: Montgomery County Mail Academy merged with that Masonic College. And they then took the name of... Stop, do not show me that. I'm not even recording the video for this today. Because we're on FaceTime, but still... (laughs)
0: I just showed him the picture
1: of the Mr. Peanut governor. (laughs) Well, anyway, um, the Mail Academy merged with the Masonic Lodge, taking the name of Montgomery Masonic College and Mail Academy. This was like one of the first iterations. Um, The institution continued through 1855 when it was given to the Presbyterian Synod. Do you think I'm saying that right? S-Y-N-O-D. Presbyterianism Mm. is not something I'm very familiar with, so I apologize. Um, But they were given to the Presbyterian...
0: Presbyterian?
1: That Synod of Nashville to be operated by them as a male college and academy, right? So then the Presbyterians changed the name of the college to Stewart College. And this is really like the major college, quote-unquote, that operated there for the longest time. This It was known as Stewart College. And later, the name was changed again to Southwestern Presbyterian University in, in 1925. That actual institution moved from Clarksville to Memphis. So they totally just uprooted from Clarksville all the way out to Memphis. And now they're known as Rhodes College. So that that institution still exists. So I was about to say, you know that college. Mm-hmm. Right. So that institution still exists as Rhodes College, but the the space where we now get Austin P State University sat there for a little while before it became Austin P. State University. So obviously it's got a lot of like rich history, right? Yes, maybe. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Sorry, I'm I'm treating you like students now because I was looking at you and you you didn't respond. (laughs) Um so so now we've got the idea of austin p state university and what could be one of the most haunted places in tennessee in terms of colleges or university campuses um so what we're gonna uh, talk about a lot comes from adjunct professor melissa Ar- arrington or arrington. Uh she is actually someone who did her phd in communication at austin p state university so she did a ton of research and a ton of this background research into what makes Austin P State University such a haunted campus and such a prolific uh, part of the conversation when we talk about uh, haunted universities and campuses across the country. Um, so Arrington said that research from Clarksville author Carolyn Steer-Farrell supports the history that Civil War soldier spirits remain on this campus even today. So obviously you you know, Tennessee. We're gonna have lots of Civil War conversation going, especially mm-hmm. in Tennessee because that Tennessee Kentucky line created a lot yeah. of battlegrounds.
0: Yes, Clarksville's right on the line. So
1: right. Um sense. so in one of the books that Carolyn Steer Farrell wrote, uh she mentioned that Stewart College uh operated from 1855 to 74 And that is where a APSU is now located. And the college itself had to be evacuated in 1862 due to union soldiers marching from Fort Donelson to capture Fort Defiance. Uh, The union army itself used an old dorm on the campus as a field hospital for for soldiers. Oh my goodness.
0: What was that word that tried to come out of your mouth?
1: It was not a real word apparently um as a f- anyway they used a dorm uh on the campus as a field hospital for soldiers and errington said that the space is now known as the library cuz of course cuz why wouldn't we make that the library <laughs> um so errington said the thought of soldier spirits on campus sparked her interest in a new subject which was ghosts on the campus and she began to make a documentary about the ghost stories at apsu so if you want to go find this documentary it's out there but um she did a really good job of documenting a lot of what we're going to talk about here so the tales that she actually goes through even caught the eye of famous paranormal investigator lorraine warren oh god Uh, i was about to say i knew you were going to be really upset when i brought up that name (laughs) because i'm all about some lorraine warren stuff. so for those of you that don't automatically recognize that name lorraine warren is well known for things like the con what was that i don't know why did you clap i didn't clap (laughs) i watched you do it (laughs) i didn't clap um lorraine warren is known for her part in things like the conjuring uh and annabelle those are two movies that have come up pretty recently also she was the primary investigator with her husband on the Amityville Horror so she is known to be a paranormal investigator and has been around well before she passed away she was around for decades right she did so much work into this so she actually had a part in this um and in this situation Arrington talks about how about 10 or 12 years ago, a woman named Lar- Lorraine Warren actually traveled down to Austin P State University. So she set foot on that campus.
0: I think we get it to State University.
1: You don't have to keep saying it. Sorry, APSU just feels like I have to say it all. You could just say Austin P. don't know. It feels like I have to say everything. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Anyway, um, so when they brought her into the basement of the library speaking about Lorraine Warren, uh, near the printing services area of the library, she said that she could see Confederate soldiers lying on cots. She said she could hear them screaming in pain. And she said, I cannot stay in this building and demanded to be taken out of it. So uh, my first thought in telling all these stories about Austin P is that If Lorraine Warren's telling you that she can't stay in a building, get out. I I don't know if y'all have watched all the Conjuring movies or Annabelle or any of that stuff or, uh, you know, whatever. Don't. Do not stay anywhere that Lorraine Warren tells you not to stay. Mm.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I've also, like, heard some not great things about the Warrens.
1: I mean, yes. I've I've heard some skeptical stuff about the Warrens, too.
0: Well, there's skeptical stuff, but there's also just the... There's a lot of, like, they just caused it to get worse. Like, every time they investigated something, it just got worse. And they're like, okay, we're gone.
1: Well, I wonder if it got worse just because they could see it. And that made it, like, they were like, ooh, we're seen. And they got worse. I don't know. I don't know. Every, everything I know about Lorraine Warren says that she was a very powerful medium. So I don't, I don't know how much of that is true, whatever, but... I'm just saying I wouldn't go back into a space that she said not to go back into or that she didn't want to be in. Um, But leaving her aside, there are other stories about the printing services office at this library as well. Um, Arrington said she interviewed a man named Dave Johnson. He told several stories in the documentary and he would hear people talking in the office even though nobody else was there. He thought someone had come in, said hello to him, but again, there was no one there. The door was still locked. Um, He said he doesn't really know, or he doesn't really come here after hours, mainly because he doesn't like to be alone in the printing services office. And I know that's very, like, whatever, but in addition to something from Lorraine Warren, that would make me feel uncomfortable, too um let's see Arrington also told news too that she had another scare involving her notebook that was filled with her ghost research she accidentally left it in the printing services area and Johnson put it aside and said okay cool we're gonna keep it safe for you so when you come back to get it so Arrington said that she called him to ask about it and he said it's not here like why it's does the gone. research
0: always go missing
1: Well, because so many stories, the research goes missing. The ghosts don't want to be found,
0: or someone doesn't want you to find out about them, or there was actually no evidence. I don't know why I'm feeling so skeptical. I was about to
1: say you have never been this skeptical. What is going on with you? I don't know. (laughs) I'm
0: jaded and disillusioned with the world. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Apparently um she said that then about a month later the guy found it and it was lying on a crate out in the open as if they could have found it at any time and she's curious about did he just not see it or did someone not want it to get back to me was it the last place they would have looked (laughs) ma'am because maybe they should have looked there Okay, so another story from that printing services area comes from Cindy McElroy, um, who was an academic assistant to the chair in the communications department. Uh, it says that she's in very tune with what people refer to as the spirit world. Uh, years ago, before she came to the department, she was working for another lady at APSU. Uh, Cindy had, it, had to come down to printing services to pick up flyers. And as she is talking to the young lady working, she hears a man's voice say, hey, hey, you, hey. So she asked the girl if she needed to get the phone and she looked at the phone, said no one's on the phone. And that's when Cindy realized that there were no lights where uh, where it should be lit up as if someone was on the phone on a certain line. She so asked, she heard the
0: voice coming like through the phone Yeah, it was
1: like from a distance so she thought oh it's got to be from the phone right so she asked the young lady if that kind of thing happens often and the young lady that was working in printing services said oh that happens all the time
0: <sighs> hmm
1: Right. So, Arrington, that's doing all this research, uh, she does not believe that spirits are anything evil, rather more uh, something that's other than humans walking the earth, which Mm -hmm. I think is an interesting place to come from on this. Um, For the documentary, Arrington held a ghost hunt in Harned Hall, or Harned Hall, I think it's Harned, H-R-N-E-D.
0: As a Tennessean, I will tell you it is Harned.
1: Okay, so I was I was right then. Yeah, um,
0: that's a not uncommon last name.
1: Oh, so it's very, like, historical to Tennessee?
0: I mean, I don't know. I just know
1: there were several people, like, in town growing up that were Harneds. Oh, perfect. Okay. Well, Harned Hall was actually finished in 1931 and served as a girl's dorm until the 1980s. Uh, and... Arrington says that people think this is one of the most haunted locations on the campus of APSU. One of the stories of Haunted Hall is that years ago, when it was still a girls' dormitory, a, a young lady uh, passed away tragically in the building, um, and they believe that she is still in that building. So during the ghost hunt, she said that Cruz turned off all the lights in the building and visited it in the evening hours. Because why would you go during the day like that? Oh, boring. I don't know. I
0: think I'd be more scared to see a ghost during the day.
1: Well, yeah, but like the mythology behind uh, ghosts says that they don't come out during the day.
0: Maybe you just can't see them. Maybe there's not enough contrast.
1: There's not? Oh Well, okay, wait. That's actually a good point. That's a good thing.
0: <laughs> Maybe they're always there. You just can't see them
1: because there's too much light yeah you got my brain working a little too much right now so stop that (laughs) so um let's see where was i uh she said that we had handheld cameras audio recorders good quality recorders uh we let them run some were running the whole time and others turned on during evp sessions we broke up into teams, everyone investigated each floor and a basement, and at the very top, there's a weird attic area, but not everyone went up into that attic area. Errington um, said that while she was up in the attic area, the door slammed unexpectedly. And during her time at Harnett Hall, they had a few unexplained technical issues, like uh, a few EVPs, uh, electronic voice phenomena, that would just like go off randomly, Uh, They also had this issue where cameras had an issue focusing and then they would have a corrupt SD card. And I'll tell you right now, as someone that works with SD cards on a regular basis, uh, nothing is worse.
0: Yes, but nothing seems easier sometimes
1: than a corrupt SD card.
0: Like sometimes it's like you got to hold your tongue the right way or else it's going to be corrupt.
1: Uh, I mean, I haven't had a ton of corrupt SD cards maybe that's just me
0: yeah well you absorb all the corruption so
1: you're right it's the red hair um so that was an issue to say the least uh errington said that crews were able to capture footage of a ghost hunter who believed that she was communicating with a male spirit believed to be a former professor in the building however they had to keep replacing the batteries so they don't have a lot of that it's like cut up because of the battery issue And they say that our batteries would just not last. We constantly had to take them out and put them on the charger and put new batteries in because they were dying super quickly. Uh, We were filming a lot in night vision and it was super strange that our batteries kept dying. So, I don't know. Batteries don't usually die that quickly. Or maybe that's just my mind on it. But Arrington says that creating this documentary was super interesting because she learned the history And she heard the excitement from people telling these stories. Um, She said, I almost forgot that I was doing it for school for her PhD. It was just really interesting. Everyone had different experiences. Pretty much everyone left saying uh, Harned Hall deserves the name Haunted Hall. Uh, It's something that everyone can kind of be excited about, whether you are a believer or a non-believer. At the end of the day, whether they're true or not, it's still fun to look at them. So those are just like some very like interesting sort of quick looking at my time to see how long I was talking overviews of of Austin P State and to see how they were kind of looked at. But I think it's interesting that there was so much actual documentation. That's my biggest thing here. There were lots of videos, lots of audio. And I'm sorry, Lorraine Warren came there. In the 2000s. No
0: okay, so she was already senile.
1: Girl, it, if Lorraine Warren is senile, I'm senile. Don't yes, Lorraine Warren's
0: uh, pretty senile.
1: Don't give me that look. <laughs> but I think that's interesting because we're looking at Austin Peay State from a perspective of multiple colleges existed there over time. And it's also haunted by God knows what at this point. But people keep seeing stuff see dead people i mean probably same
0: <laughs> but what if we are the dead people
1: i don't have it in me for that <laughs> what I, if we're the ghost i literally can't deal with the idea that we're
0: <laughs> okay but what about the idea that ghosts see us as ghosts like we're not ghosts but ghosts see us as ghosts
1: uh wait I don't like that.
0: But also, if you maintain, like, that there's probably more, like, living spirits than, like, ghost spirits. Like, are these ghosts just, like, why are there so many ghosts?
1: (laughs) Isn't there a new movie about this or a new TV show about this on, like, CBS?
0: There is a show about, like, ghosts that, like, talk to each other. And hang out. I've seen like, I've seen the ads on Hulu. Not sponsored.
1: (laughs) Non-spawn. Cool. So yeah, that's Austin Peay State University.
0: Also, I've always hated, I don't hate Austin Peay, but I've always hated Austin Peay because it's like, that name comes so close to rhyming.
1: I know it does.
0: Austin Peay State University. But there's too many syllables.
1: I just, it, again, it's very weird to me that I didn't know it existed.
0: You don't know a lot of things exist. And some things you choose said no don't think it about that exist.
1: Y'all, I just logged on tonight to record a podcast episode, and all I'm getting I just is attacked. here to
0: have a good time.
1: I just keep getting attacked, and I don't know what I did to deserve this sir Mm-mm. okay sir what is your story about today
0: so we're gonna go down to new Orleans, y'all <gasps>
1: new orleans
0: new orleans
1: yeah that's i say it like the people where i'm from new orleans <laughs> why is all i thought about the old salsa
0: commercials new york city
1: oh the salsa commercial about like uh, what is the it? The cowboy who gets his salsa from New York City. Yeah that's it yeah yeah. yeah. Oh but my when God. you said
0: New Orleans
1: all I heard was New York City. He gets his salsa from New York City? Oh my gosh. Pace the western taste. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs>
0: also not spawned.
1: Um, but, but we're not opposed to it. <laughs>
0: creepy camp is sponsored by paste salsa
1: if we got sponsored by paste salsa i would die <laughs> it's too i it's would too literally good.
0: die because i can't eat tomatoes <gasps> oh i forgot i keep making queso.
1: yeah 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 let's do queso I'll, i just won't put tomatoes in it i forget that when i cook i can't put tomatoes in things <laughs> He's trying to kill me. Dad, <laughs> you heard it here first. I'm not. I'm not trying to kill anyone. I do not put tomatoes in ducks' food. Let's all be aware of that.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like podcast security. Like you just make more ghosts,
1: sir. When you built my desk, Ooh, did no, you forget po- to put a screw in?
0: Are you asking me if there's a screw loose? Because
1: <laughs> not in my I don't head. Because you... we all know that.
0: No, oh, there is a spot. So yes, I put Jeremy's desk together for him, but there is a spot where literally the screw would not go in. Is it like the is
1: it at the bottom? Yeah. Okay, I just put my foot on it and I kept moving and I was like, what? The
0: yeah, heck? literally the it would not. It's like either they didn't put the threads in right or something, I don't
1: know. Anyway. I don't doubt it. I'm not blaming you. I just thought it was so funny cuz I knew you put this desk together and I was like, hello.
0: <laughs> so anyway, So, in the early 18th century, Jesuit priests first arrived among the earliest settlers in New Orleans and Louisiana. Yay,
1: Jesuits. (laughs) Um, Not me just, like, making a peace sign.
0: Right. But, so, I'm going to mispronounce this because I'm overthinking it now. Loyola? 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 Loyola. Loyola. I don't know why I want to make that O such a hard... I don't, I fight the A sound. Um, Loyola University in New Orleans was founded by the Society of Jesus in 1904 as Loyola College on a section of the Foucher Plantation that was bought by the Jesuits in 1886. Um, so um, the college first opened in 1904. Like I said, classes were initially held behind the first holy name of Jesus Church, on the prosperous St. Charles Avenue in New Orleans. The first of Loyola's buildings was constructed between 1907 and 1910, the stunningly Gothic-influenced Marquette Hall. Um, Loyola University would officially earn its collegiate charter on July 10th, 1912. Um, So less than six years later, the College of Arts and Sciences, the School of Law, the School of Dentistry, and the College of Pharmacy had opened in 1922, um the layola radio station um started and it began holding its first radio broadcast in all of the deep south like it was some of the um earliest like college radio kind of um broadcasts were made from marquette hall but on sundays they were done at holy name of jesus church where they would broadcast services
1: so they were, like, broadcasting an actual, like, mass. it's not mass. mass, but it is mass. No, it is mass. Oh, they were Catholic. Okay.
0: Yep. Jesuit priests, What? What? That doesn't. Oh, I forget you don't know Catholicism.
1: Yeah. Let's remember how Protestant I grew up.
0: <laughs> well, also, it's New Orleans. It's a very Catholic city. Oh,
1: that's that's fair. That's very Catholic. It's a very, it's Lucasian,
0: so like, they have parishes, not counties. So remember that.
1: Oh, I do know that. I had a friend that was in my MA program that lived in New Orleans.
0: Yeah. Um, so over the years, Loyola University of New Orleans has changed and grown. Its football team was dissolved in the 1930s, um, which led to a university t-shirt being created in 2008, saying, undefeated since the 30s.
1: <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> um,
0: also, their acclaimed school of music um was added in the mid 20th century as was the college of pharmacy and the school of dentistry oh wait sorry the school of music was added and the colleges of pharmacy and school of dentistry were closed in the mid 20th century
1: oh really yeah so they've changed over the years so they've grown adapted yep yeah
0: um but as famous as the school might be for its academics it's ghostly stories and hauntings um are a much larger kept secret among the student body administration and the university's employees.
1: Bum, bum, bum. bum.
0: So I have to give credit to ghostcitytours.com, um, where a lot of this is coming from, um, who actually do ghost tours in New Orleans.
1: So if we ever get to go to New Orleans, you're going to take me on a ghost tour, right? Sure.
0: <laughs> I've been to New Orleans. I don't have a whole lot of interest in going back
1: but okay well you 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 took me on a ghost tour in saint augustine so i expect that everywhere we go if they have one you'll take me (laughs) okay (laughs) anyway (laughs) um
0: but so the way this article is written it's kind of like a lot of schools you know we've talked about have leaned into their ghost stories like they use it almost like a
1: marketing thing Right. Even Western does that. They like lean very heavily into like, here yeah. are our ghost stories.
0: Here are our ghost stories. Loyola evidently kind of tries to hide it. Oh, no. Which might have something to do with its Catholic background.
1: Yeah. They don't, they don't love ghosts. Right. And there, um, there's a lot of history to that. If we want to look back at it and we want to talk about Hamlet and how they you know, address it, even back in the 1500s, but that's a whole other thing.
0: Of course, he brought theater into it.
1: Well, yeah, because Hamlet is very big in ghosts, but also big in Catholicism and the, and the view of ghosts in Catholicism. All right.
0: So anyway,
1: <laughs>
0: um, so I'm going to tell a couple of different stories from Loyola's campus. Um, we're going to start in Marquette Hall. So Marquette Hall is Loyola's own castle, complete with dark brick, gothic arches and turrets. Um, at night, it looks like a Disney fairy tale illuminated against the black sky. The hall was named in honor of Father Jacques Marquette, Jacques. who was a French- <laughs> it is Jacques, Jacques. Um, who was a French-born Jesuit explorer in the New World. When Marquette Hall was completed in 1910, it remained Loyola's prominent building until Bobbitt Hall was erected next door in the 1920s.
1: Not Bobbitt. Not Bobbitt Hall. I'm sorry, that name.
0: <laughs> um, For the most part, Marquette Hall was like any other early university building, it was a conglomeration of administrative offices classrooms and also had an entire floor dedicated to the university's first library where Market hall took a creepy turn though was on the fifth floor so from 1916
1: till 1966 i i heard bo immediately (laughs) yeah bo just
0: shook um but from 1916 to 1966 the fifth floor was strictly dedicated to students enrolled in anatomy classes and the cadavers that they dissected in room 501.
1: Stop this. Well, uh, first of all, cadavers on a fifth floor.
0: <laughs> we're going to get I'm there. I'm messed up.
1: I'm, I'm messed
0: up by that. <laughs> so, and the rest of that floor was the university's very own morgue for the dentistry school.
1: Oh, it just got better. <laughs> it
0: got better. Um. So, about the fact that the cadavers were on the fifth floor. Um. So, Marquette Hall didn't have an elevator. That ascended to the fifth floor.
1: Please tell me there was a chute.
0: Well, chutes don't work going up, so... No,
1: I mean going down, like when they get done with the cadavers.
0: Oh, I don't know about going down, but to go up, Layola installed a crane on the back of Marquette Hall, as well as an external winch on the fifth floor, so that corpses could be hauled up.
1: You're freaking lying. You are lying.
0: I wish I was.
1: That's messed
0: up. According to former officers of the Loyola University Police Department, that external winch actually still exists, like you can still see it mounted outside the building. Um, it would have been used specifically to hoist corpses up from the ground level before the body was raised to a metal walkway extending on the fifth floor and onto a gurney. From there, workers would wheel the gurney into the building.
1: I have so many issues with what you just said. I a crane?
0: A yeah, crane? Like, Like, they literally attach chains to stretchers and...
1: No, please don't make that sound when you're talking about a literal dead body.
0: (laughs) So, while Marquette Hall no longer uses the the fifth floor as a dissection area or a morgue, the ambiance seems to still be imprinted from those days. Um, Students have sworn to feel abrupt temperature changes, from a chill settling over their shoulders, to sweat prickling the forehead from sudden heat. Which I thought that was kind of cool. Like, usually we just talk about cold spots.
1: Is it really mm-hmm. hot spots? No, not, no.
0: Um, doors open slammed slam shut by unseen forces, and the lights have been known to flicker and fade to black. Some have even claimed to see spirits roaming the hallways, or even outside the windows. Um, back during the school's morgue days, students often learned the hard way when a body was being hoisted. An article or a quote from the Maroon newspaper in 2002 says if you were sitting by the window in a class on the fourth floor and you heard the pulleys creaking, you knew they were bringing a body up. Sometimes the stretcher would tilt and a bare foot would stick out from underneath the sheet.
1: I hate that. I hate that a lot.
0: Um, Today, students and staff swear that when the windows are open,
1: they can still hear the eerie
0: cranking of the pulley system even though no cadavers have been brought into Marquette Hall in over 50 years.
1: <sighs> Sir. Yeah. That That's 17 kinds of messed up. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you at least just make that the first or second floor? Why? Do you want to walk
0: past the bodies to get to the library? Like,
1: Well, like, at least if that was
0: true... <laughs> Can you imagine... I'm just imagining like the admissions office across from the morgue. <laughs>
1: <board. laughs> I just my my issue is that can't who's whose first idea was like, all right, here's how we're gonna plan this building out. <laughs> first floor, this. Second floor, third floor, fourth floor, whatever, and then fifth floor, the morgue. Morgue. <laughs> we gonna we gonna put these bodies on straps and hoist them up. <laughs> Whose idea was that? They're wrong for that. Like, you know what? You're ugly for that.
0: <laughs> Be tacky, and I hate you. <laughs> You're
1: tacky. And I hate you.
0: <laughs> All right. So, moving on from marquette Hall. Um, for centuries, the Vatican has a separate unit of the Church dedicated strictly to evicting the devil from the sanctity of human life. So, this is kind of. If you know the show Evil from, I think it's NBC.
1: Yeah, it's really good. I watched the whole first season.
0: Yeah, so that's what that show is based on. Of course, sometimes the devil came in the form of religions not approved of by the church.
1: (laughs) The Crusades. Uh, 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 The entire Middle Ages.
0: (laughs) The Inquisition. Um, But anyway, by 1891, with the release of the Ouija board, the possibility that the average person could bring the devil into Reality with the board game became a possibility, um, and then less than a century later, there was the movie premiere of The Exorcist, which forever changed horror movies.
1: That that rotation, that head rotation, pea soup. Why is that what you go to? <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Um. But did you know in 1968, Loyola University of New Orleans had its own
1: exorcism? No.
0: Yeah, so um, this story comes from an article written in a 1974 edition of the Maroon, Um, but an investigation began to prove that an exorcism had occurred in one of the school's dorms, Buddig Hall, Um, and the Bodhisattva activity began with a Ouija board. Sorry, I got distracted because Bo was trying to... Exercise the bed. (laughs) He's trying to exercise his right to lay on the bed.
1: Yeah, of course. I hear him a little bit.
0: Yeah, he's trying to knock a pillow down. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, two 18 year old girls living in room 813, Maria and Brenda, frequently broke out their Ouija board. Sometimes, although not always, the girls from across the hall joined in as well. Um, the girls came into contact with what they labeled as an evil spirit who wanted to possess Maria. On other nights, though, they made contact with a spirit named Hazel. Me too. So according to the girls, Hazel was a Creole woman from New Orleans, quote, whose hub- husband died in prison for a crime she committed.
1: <gasps> what a <The> twist. Scandal.
0: <laughs> um, Hazel even gave a date to validate her c- claims, um, which I did not find if that date was like, if I went and checked that date.
1: If it was real.
0: All right. Um. So one night, the girls had gone to their friend Neil's room to play with the Ouija board. Apparently, Neil laughed at Hazel. To which the spirit replied through the board, "Cut stomach, kill Neil."
1: Stop! No.
0: So whether it was pure coincidence or the act of a malevolent spirit, Neil fainted in the cafeteria the next day and was rushed to the hospital, where he then underwent an emergency appendectomy.
1: Stop this! Right.
0: Uh, so somehow, instead of striking the fear of God into the girls, this incident made them more determined to connect with the no, dead. No,
1: stop this, children! And I'm like, is this like the like '60s version of the Slender Man? Like, stop. <laughs>
0: um. So they allegedly made contact with a spirit who identified itself as Satan.
1: Me too, though. And in
0: this. <laughs> At this point, Dorothea, another resident of the 8th floor, who had not been very keen on the whole Ouija board thing, basically dragged the girls into a meeting with Father Cohen of the campus ministry. So, so the girl's like, you're not doing this-ish when I'm around.
1: <laughs> I can just hear, like, uh-uh, it, what, it's from one of the scary movies, like, Lord, please let him take this white girl. <laughs>
0: so, um... Father Cohen made the girls promise to stop messing with the Ouija board lest they truly spark something evil into action. And the girls agreed. And according to the article, they didn't even last the night without breaking that promise. Before they broke the Ouija board back out.
1: How do you... What what has to happen? Well, this
0: is what has to happen. So, one dark night in room 813... Maria and Brenda were awakened by the sound of furniture scraping over the ground. A poster went flying off the wall and across the room. All of the objects on the shelves had been completely rearranged. And they panicked and called Father Cohen at 3.30 a.m. He arrived at a Call later that morning and allowed himself to be escorted to room 813, 813 where he then performed a, quote, exorcism. According to the girls, there were six of us who formed two lines on each side of him. He said prayers in Latin and sprinkled holy water on our beds and throughout the suite. We all said the Our Father. Like, Our Father who art in heaven.
1: Uh, Listen, I know I wasn't raised Catholic, but I got that one.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, So the author of this Maroon article, Vicki Salome, questioned various members of the campus ministry. Reverend Louis Lambert, the then Vice Provincial was also a demonologist. Um, So there was no way to derive from the strange events in room 813 that Satan had actually shown himself, and the activity was likely nothing more than youthful imagination run amok. So, but did the paranormal activity end with this exorcism in 1968? Um, No other exorcisms had been conducted on campus, but a more recent resident of Buddy Call has experienced some strange things primarily her mini fridge likes to take walks around the room.
1: I mean, same. (laughs) So,
0: um, at first she believed her roommate was simply playing pranks on her. She'd return to her room, find the mini fridge unplugged in the center of the room, muttering under her breath. She would push the fridge back to its rightful place, plug it back in. Um, it happened so frequently that one day she yelled at her roommate to stop messing with her. And the problem is her roommate believed it was her that was pulling the pranks. So they thought they were, they both thought the other was moving this fridge around. As
1: I say, back and forth, back and forth.
0: Until one night, they both awoke to the harsh sounds of metal scraping against linoleum. Peering over their pillows and bedsheets, they watched in all-out horror as the mini-fridge slowly moved along the floor by itself.
1: Stop, stop this.
0: No. Um, so in 2010, a seance was held in room 1108 of Hall, um, by a few residents who were sick of dealing with doors slamming shut, toilets flushing on their own, and other various noises. Um, and asked they asked the spirit if it wanted to do them harm. When they played back a recording later on, they only heard a deep growl in response to the question i mean yeah i imagine it's probably something like that
1: <laughs> i had to i couldn't resist
0: <laughs> so the last story um in the last building we're going to visit in loyola's campus um is greenville hall so in 8- 1987 loyola U- university acquired what is now known as the broadway campus um it now include it includes the school of law as well as cabra hall But also includes Greenville Hall, which is said to be the most haunted building at Loyola University. So forget the morgue. Forget.
1: You mean the morgue is not the most haunted? The
0: morgue, the walking mini fridge, not the most haunted. Um, Greenville Hall actually has a really interesting history. It was built in 1883 for the St. Dominican nuns and their growing all-girls academy. Um, The building is known for its beautiful Italian architecture. Um but Greenville has had ghost stories whispered about it since most of its time since construction. So discovered in the Dominican archives was a story dated to the 1890s when um, that told a story of one of the sisters was reading a story about shrieking banshee to the girls. Allegedly, the girls all stubbed their noses at the tale, perhaps too old to believe in banshees or other mythological creatures. And they headed off to bed At some point in the middle of the night, a a shrill scream split the air, rousing all the girls and sending them to fits of fear. Sister Mary Joseph claimed, I really don't know what it is, but it's nothing you need to fear. The following morning, the girls repeated the stories to some of their mothers who had come to visit. The mothers, too, waved a dismissive hand. No doubt the shrieking had been the sound of the Charles B. Chateau steamboat sailing down the Mississippi River, they said. All of New Orleans had heard it. Just kind of a funny coincidence
1: i mean i'm just i'm just listening at this point trying to like understand how this is the most haunted so um the
0: dominican sold the property in 1982 and it has remained it remained eerily vacant until liola purchased it around 1989 ghostly legends have circulated around a pregnant nun who supposedly hung herself from the building's cupola others have claimed that there was once a passageway beneath Grinville hall that led to different buildings and that in those tunnels you would find human bones.
1: Ew. No. That that sounds like like, you know, Paris.
0: Yeah, the catacombs. Ew. Um, some of this is probably hearsay, but the fact is Greenville Hall is haunted and is more often than not loyal university police officers who bear witness to the paranormal phenomena at what is now just an administrative building.
1: Of so, course it
0: is. Yeah. A man who once worked as an officer for the LUPD tells the story of how he once spotted an apparition sprinting across the lot between Greenville Hall and the School of Law. It was around 2 a.m. when he spotted, spotted the girl in a long white dress with brown hair. Immediately, he figured to be a drunk girl who'd wandered away from a sorority party. Because um, evidently there was a bunch of parties going on that night. He gave Chase, calling dispatch to ask if they saw the girl on the cameras. Um, dispatch told him no. As soon as he entered the parking lot, turning a corner mere seconds behind the female
1: figure, she disappeared from sight. No, he was made no, of. Fu- no, no, he no. was
0: made fun of for weeks after this. Apparently,
1: yeah, same. I would be too.
0: Yeah, um, and that, but that wasn't the first time that an LUPD officer experienced bizarre, ghostly phenomena at Greenville Hall. As officers did their nightly rounds, they became accustomed to the sounds of footsteps on the upper floors, even when the building was locked for the night. There were lights that would turn themselves on and off, and the sounds of furniture sliding and moving around. One particular night, the same officer who chased the ghostly sorority girl ascended the back steps to make sure that all the doors were locked. It was the middle of summer, deathly hot. I mean, it's New Orleans, it's always hot. But in summer, it's even worse. Um, and yet, when he locked the doors to one room and stepped out into the hallway, it was ice cold. I took a few steps, and when I breathed out, I could see my breath. So I went down the main stairs and out the front door, and didn't go back into the building all night. I have a lot of feelings. So students living next door in Hall, which is still a residence hall, have witnessed seeing lights turn on and off in the middle of the night, as though something is moving around room to room inside Greenville.
1: When they when they know that there's no one there? When they know
0: there's no one there. Uh-huh. Yep. So that know. is the story of Greenville Hall. And those are just some of the ghost stories of Loyola University, New Orleans.
1: Um, <sighs> yeah. I have issues. I don't like also, the you... idea that there are things moving in a building when there's no one there. I don't like that what
0: about the idea of a mini fridge moving as you look at it
1: okay yes but i just assume that some student is like a little too high or a little too drunk college student is
0: that why ghost stories are so prevalent like college
1: students are terrible (laughs) eyewitnesses (laughs) they're just way too inebriated to deal (laughs) Uh, i don't think that's true but that's still something i have to think about (laughs)
0: Yeah, so
1: yay, we're We're back. Um, but
0: Halloween is coming up,
1: it's coming, even though I have a show that weekend.
0: You do, and I have homecoming that weekend. Why are we so busy? Busy, busy,
1: busy. Why we gotta be busy humans?
0: I don't know, but. We will try to do something special for next week's episode. Yeah. The pre Halloween episode. Don't know what that is,
1: but we'll, we'll get it figured out. We'll figure something. We'll do something fun. Yeah.
0: Um, would be real fun is if you shared your stories with us. So if you have a creepy tale of a walking appliance from your college (laughs) days
1: and, and be sure if you're going to email us about a creepy tale, don't just email us and say like, I have a tale. Tell us like I
0: mean if you have a tale That's kind of creepy
1: Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> But like let us know what the tale is Let us know like what it is so that we can Read that on air So that people can hear that um, Yeah
0: so um, you can share your stories With us on our Via email at At gmail.com Or on twitter, instagram At creepycampuspod. Um, You can also check out our website creepycampuspod.com Yeah
1: yeah. I got nothing. That's all I got.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, stay key- stay creepy, our friends. All right.
1: Goodbye. Bye.